Hi, I'm Ainsley. And I'm Elizabeth. We're cousins and best friends. We live right next door to each other. We're both eight. We were born three months apart. A lot of people think we're twins. Thanks for listening to the Something Epic for Kids podcast. We'll talk about fashion tips, friendship advice, annoying stuff, stuff we learned in school, and most of all, the epicest topics we know about. Remember, last time we said this will be our special back-to-school podcast edition. edition. This is for school. We were going into third grade, and I'm just going to thank our teachers, if our teachers are listening, for starting us with such a, with such a good year. We know that we're going to have a great time in third grade because our teachers, our teachers are amazing. Yeah, they're really nice. And my favorite subject is science. I was about to say school. (laughs) (laughs) My second favorite is social studies, language arts, literature, and then math. Math isn't my favorite. That's exactly for me, but science and social studies are combined. I love both. And so what I was thinking is we could start this with a question answer about school. Yeah. I ask a question, and she answers it. Then she asks a question, and I answer it, and it goes back and forth between us. Let's get started. First question. Where are the comfy places you can sit in both Mrs. R's room and Mrs. W's room? Well, window seat and beanbag, and I don't know about Mrs. W's room. We use the window seats because of deer time. Deer spells out drop everything and read. It happens after lunchtime. Well, except for Fridays. Recesses after lunch. We don't have deer on Fridays. And we have P.E. instead of that, which is physical education. And we have library instead of deer. So that's really interesting because our specials, like, take over. But we have three specials in each class. There's a quarter of a mile track at our school. I think I already said that. Um, Once I ran four miles on it, and then there's a -a jogathon too. Jogathon is... 20 minutes to run around the track, and there's, there are lots of snacks and water breaks, and you get a jogathon shirt every year. Elizabeth, yes, I believe you have a question. So, you get popsicles afterwards? Correct. Because you've been running a lot, so you need a snack. And in the middle of the field, there's water, like you can take a break for water. It's like at the other side, like halfway there. Yes. You can get water, but you can't get it on your first lap. Yeah, you can only get it on your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, or however many you do. But you have to run. Okay, we have art class. So our art teacher gave us this paper, Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to list down churchieries, which are colors along with the color wheel (laughs) on the sheet that you're supposed to draw. And so the tertiaries are two secondaries mixed together. Secondaries are orange, purple, and green. So slate is the first one. It is green and purple mixed together. Bronze is green and orange mixed together. And then russet is orange and purple. They're called tertiaries because they're called tertiaries. <laughs> Most people know what primaries are. It's um, red, yellow, and blue. And then secondaries, Elizabeth already told you. Purple, green, and orange. Good. So primary comes first because they make all colors and no other colors can make them. So they're primary. They come first. Secondaries are second. They come second. They're pretty important because they make tertiaries. 
So, let's say you have a color wheel. You know how you skip one on the color wheel to, like, red, orange? You skip one in between to do red, orange. And so those are the intermediates in between them, like red, orange, etc. Keep going. Orange, yellow. Then yellow, green. Then green, blue. Then blue, purple. And then there's purple, red. And there you have your color wheel. So, at the end of the sheet, there are three squares. One for slate, one for bronze, and one for russet. The way you mix them mm. is you put the lighter down first. So let's say you're doing red and purple. Well, red is lighter, so you scrub really, really hard with your red crayon. Make it really super waxy. Not like waxy hard. Not too make it, hard. Make it really wa- waxy, but then wipe all the wax off so you don't have any more wax. And then you put the purple on because it's darker, but you put it on really lightly. And then you have red, purple, and it's an intermediate. You do that for every color that Elizabeth said. You know, red, orange, orange, yellow, yellow, green, green, blue, blue, purple, purple, red. For every every one of them. And then you have your a color wheel. And as she explained, tertiaries go at the bottom. And it's the same thing with the intermediates. To make them, you make... The light is really dark, and then the dark is really light on top. So let's say you're doing russet, which is um, green and purple. You put green down really hard. No, green and purple is slate. Russet okay. is green and orange. Sorry. No, purple and orange. Um, so let's say you're doing slate, which is um, green and purple. Green and purple. And then you put green down super hard, wipe off the wax, then put purple on super white. And then you have slate made correctly. So you don't just mix them and it's exactly the same because then you wouldn't have a, a right intermediate. And then if you just put them on both dark, then it looks like the top color, which is the darker, covers up the lighter color. So it just looks like, let's say, blue and red. Well, blue's darker. And then you make red super waxy, then you make blue super waxy. It just looks like plain blue. So I think we're done with the segment of basically everything in school. So we're going to do one more question each. What are we still working on in recess that is taking a long time? The bird nest. Yes. We're making a bird nest at school. We shaped it perfectly. We're making a rock wall around it. Not like really tall, like big rocks, just small rocks so the bird feels secure. And we don't have eggs in it yet but we're still working on the rock wall and we have to stick our hands in mud there's also seaweed in our little stream outside at school and we can take out the seaweed squeeze it out to make the dry dirt mud and we have welcoming flowers and berries to make the bird feel like it's at home here are some other things about the bird nest it is by the water barrel that holds a bunch of water And if they're raining, then they can just find the nest instead of having to build a whole nother one. As she said, we collected berries, and it's by the feeding spot where they feed their little babies. But they're going to have to find the worms on their own, and I don't really need to dig up. And then they'll just crawl away anyway, so. The birds will use their amazing sense of weird smell. They sort of sniff out berries and worms. That's how they find them. So they'll just sniff out the berries, and then they'll go down to the bird nest. And since there's a water barrel, it's right up against the wall. It's all shadowed, and it's all cool. 
And we we added unnecessary piece, pieces of furniture. We're about to add an umbrella. I already added a pillow and like this little blanket of seaweed. And the pillow is a broken shard of a pot with seaweed on top of it. Last time we made a bird nest, people tramped on it and destroyed all the eggs that were in there and everything. There were eggs, robin eggs, and people jumped on them, threw them, broke them, and destroyed the whole bird nest. In the first day. We saw them. We wanted to leave them alone so the birds could be happy with them. The next day, they were totally gone. We saw cracked eggs. So one of the one of the people people in my class knew about it, and then they saw people go in and then come out, and so they checked on it because they are nice. And they checked on it, and it was completely destructed. And so they ran to tell me. I ran to tell Elizabeth, and then we ran to the bird nest. And there was cracked eggs everywhere. There was a straw from the nest all around, and there were blackberries and berries thrown, and flowers broken and shredded. Cause people messed up the bird nest. We don't know who did it. We think it was two people in our class, but it might be some boys from. Like fourth grade, who knows? Yeah, maybe girls in our class. Maybe a girl and a boy in our class. And then the time before, it got destructed because it was winter and it got snowed on and it got blown away. And so now we're making a new one and it's going really well. Everybody was crowding around it today, even boys, and they didn't destruct it at all. Um, obviously we're not even done with it, but if birds move into it, like we go in there and there's like a bird chirping or something has happened to it then we're just gonna leave it alone there are two signs we want to see feathers and mostly eggs because there might be feathers because birds might be looking around it and thinking about moving in so we're gonna do a random talk we might have done it before i don't know and what we're gonna do is just talk about random stuff just do our normal conversation as if there are no listeners yeah so let's start our random talk what in the world is the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? It's a garbage ocean pat in the that ocean. Doesn't look like an ocean. It's covered in garbage all the way up to the top of the ocean. I'm not kidding. You can see dead birds whose body float away, which have garbage in their bodies. You can tell. Wow. Why did people do that? I know. It's terrible. What I learned in school today. <laughs> is actually i'll call this what i did in school today there was this big gathering in the outdoor meadow because our school was constructed a bunch but they think that it still needs to be constructed it was the 30th year anniversary of the school and so they decided to break ground that day it was also our school's 30th birthday. I said which, that. So when it's our school's birthday, we celebrate it because because schools are schools and schools are like humans. So everybody in our whole school came out to sing happy birthday in our school cheer song. So we're going to do, well, we're basically just going to talk about what we do in school, but this time it's only going to be on one part of the school. Social studies, which is when we're learning about the continents, countries, cities, the whole globe. And we actually have a globe right next to us. All right, we're going to switch from each continent just to talk about it a little bit. Let's start with Africa. Okay. Africa is a dry and barren world, though 
many people think the population is overpopular. And there are a lot of wild animals. And we're just going to tell you one random country in Africa. Let's see. Congo. Congo's one, and then there's Chad. I am going to put my finger around Africa. Both of us have to close our eyes. And then whatever country I'm closest to is the one that we'll pick. Close your eyes. We picked Congo. Now we're going to say a city in Congo. Hold on just a second. Mabandaka we picked. Mabandaka. The town we picked is Mabandaka. It's really pronounced Mabandaka, but who really cares? Um, we'll just call it Mabandaka. Yeah, much easier. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mabandica. Africa. You mean Mabandaka? Ainsley, we're going to talk all about Africa, not just one country and city. Okay, so, so Mabandaka... So, Congo is pretty big, and then it has a little part with it that looks like a different country, but it's not, because that also says Congo on it. And, if you looked at Congo on a globe, pretty close to the bottom, it's actually pretty big, but not the biggest. In Mabandica, which is a city in Congo, there is a jungle, and it starts onto some part of Congo, about a quarter of Congo. Many animals have been found there. And tigers live there. And the animals, there are tigers and there are also deep, damp forests in centers of the jungle sometimes. And that's where wolves live. Elizabeth? So, we're going to talk just a little bit more of Africa itself. And Congo used to be called Zaire, but now it's called Congo. So, we're going to talk about Africa. So, it's the second biggest in the whole world, the second biggest continent, and if you think about it, Africa really isn't that big, but Asia's the biggest. Africa used to be called something different, but that was like one million years ago, so now that it's called Africa, it's called Africa because of the hot and barren world. In Latin, it's hot is something like Africa. It's something like Afrique or something like that. So they named it Africa. We're doing a different continent this time. I'm going to do it on a lower side. Okay, it's closer to South America. So, we're going to talk about South America. If you look at the globe, there's this kind of whitish, beigeish, whateverish. Not all the way around, but on the side of South America. The left side of South America. It is the Andes Mountains, and it's just a whole line of mountains around South America. So, now I'm going to pick a random country in South America. Brazil, it's the biggest one in there. Colombia. Landed on Colombia. They grow a lot of coffee beans in Colombia. Colombia is one of the largest... I mean, one of the smallest areas in South America. The biggest is Brazil, but we're not talking about that yet. Um, Colombia is a place where they grow lots of coffee, as Elizabeth said. And coffee beans, not coffee. Coffee beans, grow. as Elizabeth said. They don't grow <laughs> mugs with coffee in them. <laughs> um, as oh, Elizabeth mugs. said, they grow coffee beans in Colombia. So most people are very intergenic. Um, a true fact is that there are lots of meadows in Colombia and lots of cows.
Colombia is near the top of South America. It's part of the part where North America connects to South America because they do connect, but you can easily tell them apart. So, Colombia is just a weird shape because it has just a bunch of curvy lines. I'm going to name a city in Colombia. Calamar. It's a city. It's close to the bottom, but mostly in the middle of Colombia. Elizabeth, um, they do connect, but there is only a mile of ocean that separates them. Only a mile. In the country of Panama. So through the Panama Canal. So it's only a little mile. You barely can see it on the globe, especially one of these globes where they're just tiny words and you can barely read anything. People had, they made that canal. So they had to have boats all around South America to make that canal. It's like just a teensy tiny bit because it's just a mile. That must be really hard for them because they had to go all the way around South America to get there until they made the canal, which they could just use, like go through it. But if you look at the globe, so you always think South America is connected to North America. People say that. It's not true, but everybody says it. Now that we're done about talking with Colombia, because we keep getting carried away, there's really nothing else to say about it, except that it's very small. The biggest country is Brazil. We've said that three times. Brazil is the biggest, and it the equator does not run through Brazil, but it but it does run through South America, and that's part of what separates um, Colombia from the rest of South America. It also runs through Africa, which we have talked about earlier. The whole country is sort of like a peninsula. A peninsula is something that sticks out from land. So it sticks out and sort of like a wizard's hat on it. So that's a peninsula. Um, Elizabeth's frantically trying to say that she wants to say something. Okay. Yes. I'm trying to say that I wanted to say something. Um, like Ainsley said, the whole continent is a peninsula. And I'm just going to explain more what a peninsula is. So, it's stuff like the land. It's just like an edge coming off from South America. And maybe curving a little bit at the end. And we also learn peninsulas in class at school. So... There's this mystery country thing that we have to do, and it tells something about it and then shows a little picture. And one of them was, I'm just going to say a short version of what it said. The mainland of this country is located on a peninsula, so that's our mystery country. There's really nothing else to say about South America, so bye. The mystery country is... A tiny sheet of paper that we receive every day, and we try to guess it all week. But on Friday, our teacher tells us who, what the country really was. At the class meeting every Monday, the teacher tells us, and then the teacher calls out the names who have been right. That's all we're going to say about social studies. Thanks. Bye. See you next segment. This is Nature Justice, and Elizabeth, we discussed that you were going to explain it, so... Well, Nature Justice is when you talk about nature. 
Sometimes there's a problem, and sometimes there's just something that we absolutely love. And we have a good topic. Our topic of nature justice today is going to be the first one we're going to discuss about is pulling out grass, and the second one is the usual litter. How it's awful to litter. And we're going to start with um, the pulling out grass. Yes. And then litter. Okay. I have seen two girls at our school. I don't know who they are, but I I don't know their names. And I saw them pulling out, like running to, to one shed from the other at the re- at recess, bending down, pulling out tra- grass, then roll- going back to the shed, and they were making up a pile of grass. Like, grass that was pulled out, not, like, just a bunch of tall grass. And it was terrible. I was seeing that, too, and we just did not like it. Well, we we both were in different positions, but we both saw it. We didn't even know that each other was there. We just hate it when people are destroying nature that was... That's trying to grow and that we always want it to grow. Because we love nature. And pulling out grass is not only bad for the environment, it's bad for animals. It doesn't matter if it looks good. But some animals that come here eat grass. It's like people don't don't understand how we feel about the nature and a lot of other people. We have someone in our school, like a teacher, and... Well, she has an outdoor lab outside where we play at recess, and everyone keeps that neat. Why can't they keep the ground neat that the teacher did not plant? They don't keep the garden neat, actually. I've seen them trying to break the sun, the ginormous sunflower, <gasps> that big sunflower, and I saw them pour, pulling out the marigolds. I think kids maybe do that because they just think it'll look pretty with them. Like, tearing off sunflower heads and just playing a game with it. But that's not what the garden is for. We don't appreciate that they're destroying what the teacher made for the children. There's this big circle of dirt where we grow prairie grass. And last year... Everybody's like found this like there's a secret passageway made of dirt that's supposed to be there. That teacher put it there, and um, somebody like said, "Look, there are some smashed there are some smashed prairie grass here." When they were on the way to the secret hideout, and then it became that everybody just tramped around the whole place, and it became that everything died and fell down because of them. And there was like pats everywhere. It's like you. It's like all there was was a bunch of green, except for in the middle where the actual path was, a bunch of green. Beautiful. down plants right down. And if you looked at it, it looked like nice, neat grass. But then when you came in, it looked like it was horrible. And then it became that, that the grass started coming, turning yellow, and you can see it from the outside. It started dying because people were trampling all over it. I used to be part of it and started and, until it started getting oh my gosh. And then and the teacher told them to stop, but they didn't. It's like one small path with everything around it to what, a thousand big paths 
with nothing around it. Yeah, that made us very disappointed. And by the end of the year, literally, it was whole, all flat. They had to burn the prairie grass down and, p- and plant more. Listeners, I want to put you up to a challenge. At our school, there are litter blowing into a big meadow, and we pick it up. Can you help nature and do the same thing? Or do you want to do something else for nature? Like grow a garden. Or put bird seed out so the birds can eat it. Or any kind of food. And there's a very great website for making a hummingbird feeder. So you can have pretty ruby-throated hummingbirds all over your yard. Why wouldn't you like a nature yard? Instead of a cement yard. If you live in an apartment or something, and you have really no nature around you, maybe you can, like, maybe buy some pots and plant some things in them, and it'll make your house more naturey. And, if you want, you could actually put grass seed, like, you could have this big pot, and you could put grass seed in it, so grass grows, and then once that grows, you can put flower seeds, so there's flowers in, like, this really big pot. And there also you could you could make one of your rooms a nature room, and so it could per, you could pretend like being outside in a garden, and you can paint it like a nature room too, with clouds and a sky, but with paint. It would be really cool if you did that. And if you want, just stare out the window and try to imagine grass growing all over. That'll be nice, like just a beautiful blue sky with grass growing all over the place. It would be so nice to do that. It would. Or you could, if you know someone that lives in the country, maybe you could go visit them and it'll be very naturey there. Exactly. There are many things you can do to appreciate nature. Listeners, why don't you send us an email and tell us what you did for nature this week. When we come home from school, there is this, we've talked about this before, but we just want to talk about it again. There's this whole dump. It looks beautiful on the outside, but if you look in it clearly, you can see every inch of it is covered in litter. We don't want that. We want beautiful green grass growing perfectly, not brown grass with a bunch of litter in it. We even saw a TV in there, and there's litter everywhere. And there's this story I have at my house about somebody letting a paper bag, and I mean a plastic bag, into the ocean, and and a a turtle eats it, thinking it's a jellyfish, and almost dies. The turtle has to be taken to a hospital for that, well, for animals, and... That turtle washed up on the shore with a big cut. We felt really bad for her. That's why we don't like littering, because animals could eat it and get sick. That story is a very short story, but it's so informative. It helps so much with litter. You can also send us an email about what you did to help litter. That's the end of our segment. See you next segment. Bye. Bye. This is going to be about um, Halloween. And we don't know what we're going to be yet. It's getting pretty close to Halloween, so we need to figure it out soon. 
like we said, we don't know what we're going to be, but I was thinking about doing a flamingo, but she doesn't like flamingos or pink. And I wanted to be Hermione Granger, but she doesn't like Harry Potter. And I love Harry Potter. I've read the whole series six times. We really, really want to be different things. We were a mermaid, but we can't even get them on now. <laughs> costumes. I've looked through a lot of catalogs, but I can't find anything that I think we would agree on. There's this different mermaid costume that I think you would agree on. Okay. What is it? Remember, it's um, green and purple. I was thinking about that one. I was thinking about... I don't know. And that's going to be the end of Halloween because we cannot figure out our costume. That's the podcast for this week. We would love to hear from you. What do you want us to talk about? Send us an email at somethingabookforkids at gmail.com. We might read your letter on our podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or at somethingepicforkids.com. Thanks for listening. Bye from Ainsley and Elizabeth.